back to the Collapsia podcast. This is your host, Sydney. <sighs> Welcome back, guys. I... It... Okay, let me just preface by saying it's 10.30 p.m. right now. I did have an 8 a.m. this morning, and I did go to work for six hours this evening, so I'm gonna need you to bear with me during this episode, but, um, yeah, I... I'm exhausted. That's the reality, but I am committed. <laughs> I will say that I am committed to releasing this podcast every week. And let me just, okay, before we even get into the episode, I honestly need to get this off my chest. I was listening to this other podcast um, by with Sophia Kelly. I think her name, what, what is it called? Paradise or mm, Into the Paradise. I honestly cannot remember what her podcast is called. Give me, like, a second. Hmm. Paradise LA or something? Oh, Welcome to Paradise. That's her. That's her podcast. And in the, at the beginning of her podcast, or, like, not at the beginning, but during it, she was talking about how she was struggling with knowing where to focus her energy And she was talking about how in your 20s, you know, you don't really know what you're doing, which is where I'm at. That's where I'm at. But, you know, I just went back to school. I had just taken off a semester. So I'm back to school. But, you know, I've also got this, like, passion for my hobbies, which includes the gym and reading and this podcast. But... (laughs) to be honest, I'm kind of struggling to find a balance and I'm kind of freaking out about it. I mean, I'm not freaking out about it, but it's definitely something to wrap my head around. And I'm sure, I am sure a lot of you can relate. Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to give my all to school? But like, no, like I don't want to do that. Yes, I want to do well in school. And yes, I value my education, especially after taking a semester off. I feel like my perspective on education and my perspective on my classes and tests and everything has completely changed. I feel like when I go to class, like I'm really, I'm sitting there, my attention is on the professor and I am eager to learn everything they want to teach me. Like I whole heartedly am so grateful and so blessed to be able to go back to school. However, I don't think that it's everything. You know, school is not everything. And, you know, I have got this podcast, which like, honestly, is I really value this podcast. Not only is it a way for me to like grow my like ability to speak eloquently, but it's also a form of education for myself. You know, I find topics that I'm interested in and I've researched them and then I talk about them and, you know, we can all learn and grow together. And then it's like, I've got like my reading that I, you know, do you know where I'm going at with this? Because there's only 24 hours in the day. <laughs> okay, why am I, why am I on the brink of tears? It's, it's actually, honestly, all of this is going to make sense in today's podcast episode, um, which you've probably seen by the title, is going to be on the menstrual cycle. But, you know, I'm not saying this because, <laughs> because I'm like having some kind of like PMS, like crazy, I mean, you know, possibly, but I, yeah, I'm kind of freaking out. And I have to wake up at 5.30 tomorrow morning because I'm opening at my job. 
but you know, we live. And um, what I began all of this by saying is, I am committed to the podcast. So honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right here, right now, you can count on me for an episode every Friday. Whether the quality is gonna be up to par, I cannot promise that. At this point, my priority is consistency, and my priority is just yeah, it's consistency, and just proving to myself that I can do this. Maybe down the line, I'll have more free time to, you know, really delve into all of these topics. I mean, granted, granted, it's been a pretty rough week. I have like two quizzes and a presentation within a three-day radius or something. So it's kind of, it's kind of been a lot. And maybe I, when we talk again next week, it'll all be fine and I'll be happy and I'll be chilled and relaxed and super zen. But, um, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry, this kind of turned into a therapy sesh, but I just needed to get all of that off my chest. Today's episode is going to be on the menstrual cycle. Okay, so now that that chaotic introduction is past us, I wanted to talk about the menstrual cycle today because... In recent times, I have gotten to think about this cycle in more depth. And, you know, I've learned about it in school. I've experienced it since age, I don't know, like 13, something like that. I honestly can't remember. But, you know, I have learned more about it in recent times in its relation to our emotions and our psyche. And I thought it would be really interesting to talk about today. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, the menstrual cycle, it's a complex monthly cycle controlled by female hormones. And, you know, it begins with the first day of bleeding or menstruation and starts again on the next bleed. And there are four stages to the menstrual cycle, which includes menstruation or, you know, winter. It's also known as sometimes it lasts about three to seven days or even more. Um, during this time, estrogen and progesterone drop and you begin to release, uh, mm, I misspelled that. Give me one moment. Okay, never mind. There was no misspelling. The word is prostaglandins. I had to do my research before this episode. I just did not know how to read that and I had to practice it. Uh, you begin to release prostaglandins, which is another hormone, and this hormone constricts blood vessels in your uterus, making the muscle layer um, contract, um, which then also potentially leads to period cramps. During this winter, during menstruation, you know, your intuition is high. Next is the follicular phase, which is also known as spring. And this phase often overlaps with your period. Um, It lasts about 10 to 14 days, 10 to 16 days, maybe. I don't know. I've seen different dates on different websites. But um, your body tends to release, well, your body does release follicle-stimulating hormones, which is also known as F, S, mm, F, oh my god, F, S, H. (laughs) don't know what happened there, but that is basically um, 
going to cause a production of follicles in your ovaries. And these follicles will grow and then compete to be eligible for fertilization. So during this time, you're pretty high energy-wise. You know, it's a great time for starting new projects, planning, socializing, all of those types of things. Next after that comes ovulation, also known as summer. Now, ovulation technically lasts about 12 to 24 hours. However, within the, you know, the pre and the post, so about three to five days, um, you're going to be more fertile during that time. And biologically, basically the winning follicle that, you know, all those follicles were being produced during the follicular phase, the winning follicle grows into a mature egg and then it kind of makes its way down to the fallopian tube because it's, you know, hoping to get fertilized by sperm. (laughs) And um, during this time, you know, you could possibly experience pain on, you know, the side of the ovary, whatever ovary is releasing that winning egg. And, you know, during that time, there's also a rise in testosterone and, you know, that leads to increased libido, a tendency to be more impulsive and daring. All of those are associated with ovulation. Next after that is the luteal phase, also known as autumn. And this phase lasts about 10 to 14 days. And during this phase, ovary cells release progesterone and estrogen, you know, thickening that uterus lining, um, you know, getting ready for potential fertilization. But, you know, you may feel more sensitive, emotional, a decrease in libido, and you kind of want to slow down socially during this time. Now, why did I want to discuss this? I feel like us women or, you know, uterus-possessing people, you know, I don't want to be too, you know, what's that word again? Like, too generically gender-based, you know? Anybody having a uterus, anybody that has a uterus, you you often feel controlled by this cycle. And it's often something that we are afraid of, something that's always coming back around, you know, oh, my period's coming, oh, this is going to be annoying. And, you know, there is taboo around it, though I do think it's decreasing. I think it's very important to discuss this topic. And it's also important to know how to use it to your advantage. And, um, you know, I first really started thinking about this when, um, you know, that podcast episode not episode, but the podcast, uh, Welcome to Paradise by Sophia Kelly, she discussed, um, a time during which she lost her period. And then I don't know why, like shortly after that, I heard of somebody else online talking about having lost their period. And then I saw Hitomi, um, I forget her last name, but if you look up, you know, me underscore Hitomi on YouTube or something like that, she did a whole, um, YouTube video on the menstrual cycle and how she lived through, she lived by her menstrual cycle. And that was a very interesting YouTube video. I really recommend everybody to watch it. It inspired me to make this video. But I do think that there is a huge shift in mindset that is warranted when it comes to the menstrual cycle.
At the end of the day, the biggest lesson that I've learned is that having a period is a privilege. You know, it's one of our vital signs in women's health or just female health. health. And it's a sign of fertility, you know, whether or not you want kids, that too is a privilege. And having your period is a way to know that your body is doing what it needs to do. And it's a way of knowing that, you know, all your organs and everything is functioning properly, all of your hormones and your brain, you know, it's all interconnected. It's just a huge sign to know whether or not your body is doing okay. And, you know, losing your period is definitely something that is not uncommon and can be very scary. Um, For that, I do definitely recommend seeing a doctor or something like that to see what's going on. But there are ways to use it in your day-to-day life and not necessarily use it, but know how to navigate around it. And, you know, one of the most frustrating things for me emotionally is when I can't shake a bad mood. You know, something may feel off or I may find myself unable to show up socially when I often think of myself as a social person. You know, there's this unsettling thing about not being able to be in control of myself emotionally, but also physically. Because, you know, there's also a likelihood of weight gain when you're on your period, about three to five pounds. It's very common. But what I found is that knowledge is power. Being aware of all the changes and all the causes for these changes is a game changer. And getting to know your cycle and your behavior during the cycle can help you combat those emotions. You know, it can help you... The, like, what am I trying to say? It can help you choose when you want to make plans. You know, you might want to plan it so that it falls in line with your follicular phase. You might want to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're like, oh, I should take a hike. Maybe I'll take a hike. You know, plan that so that it's during your follicular phase rather than in your luteal, luteal phase when you're going to be more sensitive, emotional, like slowing down tiredness, all of that. Um, It's definitely a guide to, you know, find your rhythm in your habits and hobbies um, so that it doesn't feel taxing, but it's rather exciting, you know, and knowing, yeah, so basically I was just saying, knowing the follicular phase is the best time for this. And it can also help you when you're feeling burnt out, you know, like, you're exhausted all the time, you don't really know what's wrong. Well, knowing that there's a biological cause for that can definitely help, um, you know, fend off those emotional, you know, accusational feelings. Now, I'm in this neuropsychology of fear class. And in this class, they discussed the Schnackner-Singer theory, which essentially um, sorry, I had a brain fart, essentially says that cognitive appraisal explains physiological behavior responses, which then determines the intensity of a sudden motion. Now, to break that down, cognitive appraisal is basically like, for example, you've got a bear in front of you. Okay, you're saying in your mind, there's a bear in front of me. 
what's going to happen when you see a bear in front of me, in front of you. You're seeing a powerful animal that can take you down, so your heart rate's going to accelerate. Your your breathing is going to get more rapid. You're going to maybe start to sweat. You're going to, you know, stutter a little, be like, uh, uh, what's going on? Then, I mean, by this theory, um, there's multiple theories on how, um, fear and emotions are processed in the brain. But um, third would come the emotional awareness. You know, you're having all of these um, physical, physiological and behavioral changes. You're having the rapid heart rate, uh, heart rate, the rapid heartbeat, the sweating, all of that. That's going to then translate to an emotion. And during this, um, like with this theory, they did a psychological review. They did a, um, a study in which they basically gave, um, put subjects in a room and they basically had a stimulus and they had a, um, what did they call it? A stooge, which basically tried to influence their emotions. And, um, they basically had a stooge, which is a person that's part of the, scientist group that's trying to observe the behaviors of the participants of the study. Um, but I guess that's not really relevant. So let me skip forward with that. They basically had all of these participants and they gave them a drug um, and they told them, okay, they told one group, this is what you're going to feel when you're given this drug. Then another group, they were like, this is what you're going to feel when you're given this drug. But what they told them they were going to feel was actually false. Then they told them, they gave another group, you know, they gave them the drug and then didn't tell them anything. And then the last group, they didn't give them any drug and didn't tell them anything. So there's basically, there were four groups and it was basically with adrenaline or, you know, epinephrine, which is also translated into adrenaline. So there was epinephrine informed, epinephrine ignorant, which was the people who didn't know anything, and then epinephrine misinformed, which they were told the false thing, and then placebo control. Now, what they ended up seeing was that the epinephrine informed and the placebo controlled, you know, didn't have as much of an emotional, um, you know, reaction because there was the group that wasn't given anything and wasn't told anything, you know, fair game, you know, you're just living, (laughs) living life. And then the other group, they were given the drug, but then they were told what they were going to experience. And, you know, it didn't affect them as much. When in turn, epinephrine ignorant and epinephrine misinformed, you know, they felt a little bit more emotion because according to their theory, if you have, if, if you have the, let me think this through. If you have a physical response, but no appraisal for it. So if you have a physical response, but no reason for it, you're going to want to find a reason and you're going to kind of panic and then have that emotional reaction. But if you have a physical response, but then you also have the reason, you're not going to have that type of extreme emotional reaction or that emotional awareness. So what I, I brought that up just because I feel like that can be applied to the menstrual cycle, you know, if you have that awareness of why you're experiencing these physiological changes or behavioral changes, that can impact your emotions towards that particular experience. 
you know, in the extreme, some people have PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is basically severe premenstrual syndrome, so PMS, and that often occurs during the luteal phase. You know, without knowing that diagnosis, you would take that experience and that, you know, how long is the luteal phase? Like 10 to 14 days, you would look at that and think, oh my god, I'm a terrible person, whatever, like this, I'm trash, all of these negative thoughts that you could produce and take that as your reality. Now, if you have a reason, you know, knowing that this is this part of your cycle, knowing that there's a reason for these, you know, thought patterns, it can help you combat them. And it can help you shift your perspective on certain things. Now, another thing worth mentioning, which I haven't dived, um, dove, I haven't dove too deep into quite yet, uh, but I do think it's definitely worth mentioning, which is nutrition. Now, a change in nutrition throughout the cycle has also been shown to provide benefits. You know, during the menstruation cycle, antioxidants, nutrient-dense food, fiber, you know, things like fruit, lean protein, which would include chicken, fish, um, you know, healthy fats, iron-rich food, um, you know, to replace all that blood lost, um, which would include legumes, dark leafy greens. That's been shown to help you through that particular phase of the menstrual cycle. During the follicular phase, you might want to lean towards high-protein foods, you know, complex carbs, because during the follicular phase, you're very high energy. So you want to be able to maintain that, you know, fresh and light foods like water dense vegetables, lean protein again. Um, During the ovulatory phase, you know, even though ovulation itself only lasts about 12 to 24 hours, you know, those three to five day periods, you know, within that, um, you want to try to get as many leafy greens and cruciferous vegetables um, to help you metabolize the extra estrogen that's produced during this stage. And the luteal phase, you might be craving fatty foods, sweets, carbs. It's important to focus on nutrient-dense foods and foods with vitamin B. Although, to be honest, I like to indulge myself and I like to be kind to myself. So if any of these, you know, nutritional changes aren't within your capabilities right now, I say go with what will make you feel best because we all know the whole menstrual cycle is a very, um, it can be a sensitive time at times and you always want to be kind with yourself and kind with um, what you allow yourself to do and what you allow yourself to eat. So honestly, I think you go with a passion basis, but do with what makes you feel good. And I do feel that these nutritional guidelines can help you find what will make you feel best during these times. So overall, I think that you should try to pay attention to your menstrual cycle, you know, if you do have an ovaries, 
pay attention to your mood changes, your positive thoughts, negative thoughts. Try to shift your focus. You know, being aware of your cycle, being aware of these behavioral changes can help you gain perspective on your inner world because truth be told, it's hard to, um, you know, avoid that spiral, that emotional spiral that can occur at different times during the cycle. But, you know, it's important to be kind and take a step back and have perspective and be kind to your psyche, be kind to your body, because at the end of the day, this cycle is definitely something to be thankful for. Um, But it's important to not let it control you too much. Be able to gain that control and maybe use it to your advantage. You know, for example, in the um, in the luteal phase, it's it's often a, a little bit of a darker time emotionally, but you can use that to, you know, journal um, the small, the slower emotional times. It could be good to journal and release some of those past stories that you're holding on to. Um, but yeah, I really did enjoy talking about this. I think that it's it's a really interesting topic and not one that I've seen talked about enough, um, just because of how much it actually impacts our emotional well-being and it also gives a lot of insight on you know emotional turbulence throughout the month um but I do want to thank Hitomi for this inspo for the episode because that video was actually it's fantastic you should all go watch it on YouTube um I think it's just called like living by my cycle for a month or something like that but I hope everybody had a great week. I hope you have an amazing weekend and thank you all for joining me today. Um, I will see you next Friday. (laughs) We'll see what emotional state I'm in then, but, um, just go forward with kindness and patience and everybody and everything will be okay. Okay. Good night, everyone. See you next week. (laughs) 